0: Hello, Zach.
1: Hello, Jeff. How you doing?
0: I am doing quite well. Uh, I remember uh, from the last Zine Quest, you had a product uh, called Scrap Rats. Yeah. Which seemed uh, it was very cool, but but what was most memorable was uh, walking around Game Gamehole Con, mm-hmm. and then there was a booth with banners, and on the yeah. banner said Scrap Rats, and there's Zach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game Gamehole Con was awesome for connecting with people that uh like even you know we went to gen con and origins and uh it lo and behold it was game hole where i met some cool people and and got to got to connect with people that i had kind of kind of knew from the interwebs or that kind of knew me and that was just really cool Uh, wow
0: yeah it was probably for me uh so this is my first one going uh as a as a a creative person has put stuff out i mean mm-hmm. as far as i didn't have a table there really wasn't any wares i was hawking nothing like that but the interest was actually to one meet people two there was a business thing i needed to talk to someone about and then three was um you know just um and i was too early <laughs> i already lost it on three but anyway uh the games were fun but the uh, the people I met, every single person, creative wise, uh, left me supercharged at oh, the end yeah. of the weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was an invigorating invention. Like, man, I got like you had a you had a banner or a sign right that you had made that yeah like RPG Facebook group, um or RPG Zine Facebook group. And I saw that I'm like, there's going to be somebody next to that banner that I'm going to be excited to talk to at some point. And lo and behold, there you were. Yeah.
0: And there's some things we talked about because it it was interesting because, you know, obviously you uh, having, um, you know, you actually had a space at game hall con. So you're, you are, you know, starting a, you know, you have a business, which was kind of creative. It It was interesting. And it's, and And what I found out was that, you know, Scrap Rats really wasn't your uh, first or second. I mean, that you actually have products. So, so Bite Size Gaming, I also found out there was a podcast, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely have no idea how, in all the times I, you know, the suggestions that are made for all the many, many, many podcasts I listen to, it's never. Come up in as a suggestion. What is Bite bite-sized Gaming?
1: Oh, I get this. Well, that's probably indicative of its quality, right? If you haven't <laughs> heard about it in many. Um, uh, so, Bite Size Gaming uh, is kind of started out as a podcast and then it became a, a publishing arm and now it's an arm of a publishing company. Um, but the podcast is just me and a couple of my Yahoo buddies um, that during the pandemic, right at the beginning stages, we were all. Uh, we'd all been DMing for Adventures League um, through organized play. We went to conventions. We did a whole bunch of conventions every year together. And um, we're like, man, we're not going to get to do conventions. Let's do something else. So we started a podcast. And we're like, we're just going to sit around and we're going to bring topics that have come up at our tables as Dungeon Masters, like, like different issues or insights or ideas. And we're just going to talk about it. And that's exactly what it started as. Three guys talking and and we had a uh Catherine, our friend Catherine was on at that point too. Um and then I uh I had also around that time, a few years ago, got into Kickstarters and kickstarting my own stuff. And um uh, I kind of uh saturated my buddies with Kickstarter. Every time before the podcast, I would like, man hey, have you seen this Kickstarter? Like you should you should check this out. And my news every week, we had a little news segment. My news was like, there's a really Kickstarter on right now. You guys should check it out. And uh, lo and behold, that soon became like most of our news was like, here's a new Kickstarter project. It's awesome. And then ZineQuest hit last year and we did like 12 creator interviews uh, for that. And that just sold us. So then we switched half of our podcast over to just, let's just talk about Kickstarters and, and which which ones we love and what's cool about them. And that's what we've been doing now for a year is one episode a week is let's talk as game masters about topics and one episode a week or just about one episode a week is what we call crowdfunding corner, where we talk about kickstarters that are live and what we like about it.
0: Yeah. I think the idea of coming up with topics is, gets to be difficult after a while. (laughs) I could be wrong. That seems to me to be a, a problem where after like X number of episodes, it's like, do you revisit old ones or, yeah, or what
1: it's hard because um and we have revisited a little bit but we're also trying to like there's some people there's some episodes that you just don't feel like you can do better than somebody else right like we have a patron saint at our podcast that matt colville right yeah and there's been numerous topics where we've we've been like what do we talk about this we're like can't do it better than he did so we're just gonna leave it alone <laughs> um so yeah there's but the beauty of it is that we do have three of us and that all three of us are consistently running games. And so we just keep our ear out. You know, one ear when we're running games is on, is there any podcast fodder in what's going on right now? And uh, that helps. That for sure helps. It, it It's rare that we don't have something, maybe not something that all of us feel like we have something to contribute to, but we're like, well, two of us can, let's do this.
0: Well, I think at least you you feel the uh, enough freedom to, like you did movie reviews, which I enjoyed. Yeah. And I thought, well, not just reviews, you actually talked about so you did a, the the <laughs> which I thought was, you know, where you did first half where you're like non-spoilery and then yeah. the second half be spoilery. But I thought, you know, because you talked about, the, I think the mark of a, what I find interesting is you reviewed movies that I don't want to watch, <laughs> but I enjoy listening to the review of the discussion of the analysis yeah. of it so yeah. that to me you guys did a, an absolutely great job because i'm not going to watch fright was it halloween? halloween i don't care no,
1: you should not watch <laughs> halloween no that's
0: but, so mean, bad. You, but even if it got a good review that's not my that's not my thing but i really enjoyed the discussion
1: yeah you know and the halloween thoughts behind kills. it halloween kills let's be clear for your listening on <laughs> halloween kills i think is the one that that uh john made us watch yeah. and oh my gosh yeah that was an interesting episode yeah so
0: it's your moral duty to go around and say
1: yeah there, there should be a disclaimer on that episode we we watch this so you don't have to um
0: yeah so uh it so then as far as what what was the point where you said hey you know we are going to we are going to start to make rpg products for uh for sale.
1: Yeah. So, um, Right before the pandemic hit, um, it was in 2019, uh, a couple other buddies of mine uh, that live more local to me were like, yeah, it'd be fun if we made something like that would be, that'd be cool. Like, leave, you know, I think we had this idea of like leaving our mark on the community and just, you know, putting a little stamp out there. And so we, uh, we kickstarted a product called uh, Oceanic Depths in uh, 2019, December 2019. and uh, it funded it was a little like 112 page resource guide to like 5e aquatic creatures, player options, spells, everything and it is kind of like if you if you were out on a uh, an ocean or sailing between two destinations during your campaign and you wanted some aquatic stuff to throw at your players this is a great way to do it, it had 11 or maybe yeah 11 new villains that you could kind of insert it was just fun oh wait, and- wait you're going yeah. too far too fast okay, yeah, okay. so there's a lot of interesting
0: things that you just bypassed
1: yeah okay Fair enough. so
0: you guys said you know what hey let's do something yeah so what how'd you decide what to do
1: oh um <laughs> um let me think about that we okay i know how um we were doing a different podcast that I mean my brother-in-law, who was one of the creators. And we were doing a different podcast that every week we did, we talked about either a monster or a or a uh subclass from 5e. And I think from that, once we decided we wanted to make something, we're like, well, we, we talk about monsters and subclasses every week. Let's let's do a book of that. Um and then it was, well, what do we What's the feel of the book? Like, what, what makes our book useful to people? Well,
0: the thing is, so you said we're, we are going to do a book, yeah. the two of us. We are going yeah. to do a book. We have yeah. determined we got the subject and we know we're going to make a book. So, what did, so are either one of you artists?
1: No, no, no. I don't think there's, I, let me rephrase that. I will say no for me. Okay. That, that feels, <laughs> that feels uh, no, we had, we had zero. We brought zero uh, artistic talent to this project. Okay.
0: So, do you have uh, any background in uh, layout and design?
1: A little bit. I, uh, I ran a sign company for six years, and I was never at the, uh, you know, the artist test. Right.
0: But you saw but the sausage being made, and you knew that there's a, there's a methodo- methodology to getting it done. Oh it yeah. Mysterious.
1: It was completely a naive statement, right? Like I've stood over somebody's shoulder for six <laughs> years. I have those programs. I can do this. Right. Yeah. I
0: find myself like a combination of ignorance and hubris combined together to do this.
1: Yes.
0: So, so you said, you know what, I, I can do this. So there's a little bit of hubris and naivete.
1: Yes.
0: You said, you know what, uh, have you done, um, you your part of you guys done much writing?
1: Uh, yeah, I had put out a, few projects on the dm's guild okay um at that point so i i i had enough to feel like i had done that before
0: okay so you you got everything and then the 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 intent was then to go to print and publish an actual full book not a yeah something small but a book okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so then what was your next step you're like okay so did you guys divide say we're going to write this and that was the division or how was the division of labor
1: so, generated it, it was a learning experience. There was, we, we grabbed our buddy, Devin, um, who was also local and also came on the podcast every once in a while. And we said, oh, the three of us will write. And we wrote mm, the subclasses and a few of the other things. We did a, whole, we did a subclass for every one of the yeah, 12 subclasses. Um, and then we were like, you know, like, let's, I think, I, I don't know if it became daunting. I can't remember if it became daunting or if we always had this idea. But we decided that when it came to the villains, we wanted to recruit some people that we liked or that that were friends of ours um, to kind of come in as guest writers. And we had no money. Right? Like right. at that time, I'll give my age here. But at that time, like I think I was like twenty five, twenty six. My brother in law is the same age as me. My friend was the same. Like we're all around and had nothing. So we would call up these people and say, like, we'll give you thirty dollars to write in our book. <laughs> And uh as you as you
0: pull out a, a wad of cash like of ones and fives. Ones,
1: ones and five. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it was it was like <clears throat> we were earnest, right? Like we wanted to pay people. We had no idea what what pain was worth. None of us had ever made money. Right? Right. Book, right. And so we were reaching out, and we're like, hey, if, if you do this, we'll give you like 30 bucks plus uh we'll put it at if you have anything at all that you want to promote we'll put an ad for it in the book um and we got like some cool people one of the people like uh, uh my buddy troy who uh ended up doing the next podcast with me wrote but also we got some cool people like um justice armand who ended up uh going and working with beetle and Grimms, right he was that Game home on uh okay he's, he uh he's he's uh and he he runs uh games with matt colville on a weekly basis Out like he's He's a big name uh, in in a lot of circles, and uh, we have one of his early writing credits in our little book. Which is kind
0: of cool. <laughs> yeah, the book will be in a museum now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, future generations will look back and say, "Look, this is where it all started."
1: Yeah, it, it. It. I think in hindsight, that was a really good call because it made the book like we we said we were going to deliver it in May, and we did. We pulled. Keith basically to do so but we delivered in May um largely because we got all those people on board and we were actually really fortunate to by and large I think we were waiting on one person out of all our group and it like I think they got us their stuff at like early April but everybody else was like February so we were like pretty good to go and then it was just me banging my head against the layout and and by ignorance that whole book was laid out in illustrator which I don't wow. know if you know uh anything about how that works but but it's it's not a book layout program
0: no I, I mean I, I'm not done much with illustrator I've done a lot of from of photoshop so it's probably a similar type of of pain
1: yeah it's it's a pain and it's <laughs> it's like I remember say I was running it on a old older computer at that point so like once it got to you know 70 plus pages if I wanted to save it I would literally hit the save button cross my fingers and walk away because it would take like 20 minutes to save that file Uh, and sometimes it wouldn't save and the whole computer would hard lock and you'd have like all right I gotta restart the whole thing and from from wherever I had successfully saved before and it was
0: (laughs) a nightmare amazing
1: (laughs) yeah it was, it was great. It was great. learning. It was great. Like this, I don't want to do this again. And then, of course I did
0: it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. I think the thing is what you, you know, it seems like once you um, start reaching out to people, you start making connections and I think it's, I think it's a very important part of, yeah. and I think the other thing is you had going for you is you had a group of people and that's, what's hard. Cause I think, you know, the stuff I've done mostly, Till now has been myself, and there's always a certain worry that, you know, when you're in your own echo chamber, you're not going to get things right, right or as good as they can be. So, getting more and more people involved actually can can help. Of course, it adds to the complexity too. That what you faced is that you're now dependent on other people, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's not always easy to say. Oh. You know what?
1: Yeah, that's a. Uh... I mean, look, I, I, I've been super fortunate. Like 99% of the people that I've worked with have been really great. Uh, but it's that 1% that you have a learning experience with and, and it makes you stop and like, okay, but could I do this? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's a question that comes up now at the beginning of every project. Like, yes, I enjoy working with people and I want to work with them, But there's a line in which you have to evaluate and say, Am I, is bringing this person on worth, you know, like there's a scenario in which they get sick or a family, right. like a meaningful reasons that they miss deadline. I mean, I could miss those same deadlines too, but, but just it's one of those things where you got to weigh those risks. And, and sometimes the answer is as much as I would love to have an, another person on this, or I'd love to have that guest writer or whatever. I shouldn't. <laughs> I just leave it alone
0: yeah, because it is stressful I mean, and you know and for a lot of us it's such a it's such a side gig, and it's stressful yeah. enough as it is, you know the more complex the project the more the more people involved the the more as a person trying to run that project, the more stressful it becomes yeah. and it's just i i for my first um so my first project uh of scoundrels for Zquest, mm-hmm. I found an artist negotiated the artist is in i can't remember if it was new zealand mm-hmm. anyway so it, i'm going to add some details but this is kind of what happened so we kind of talked about it i paid the money uh, at least i think half up front mm-hmm. they started the project but the person was married at the time that mm-hmm. was going through a sexual sex change transition mm-hmm the marriage broke up hmm. the person went on the street <laughs> and the, the art was like three quarters done but still not right and when went silent for a while like for months <laughs> and then right before the 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 uh the, you know i was getting close to Zinquest, uh the person pops back up saying you know i was on the street Bad things were going on. I was fearing for my life. But I'm at home with my family now, and uh, and here's a finished product. <laughs> Have a good day. Wow. wow. Oh, <laughs> I like, couldn't be mad at this person uh-uh. because uh-uh. you know what? It's like they're going through something I can't even imagine. So yeah,
1: it's rare that anybody has an excuse or a reason that you can be mad about, right? Yeah, like, exactly. There's, there's there's just everybody's got stuff have to be okay with with you have to be okay with being okay with people stuff so. <laughs> yeah. and i think
0: that's where you, you get stuff done ahead enough uh mm-hmm. and then you have some ability to work around that helps yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the key but it's it's definitely hard but you've you've wrangled all these people it sounds mm-hmm. so the other problem is like if i'm doing if i'm the main i'm the main guy because i'm the guy doing all everything, or at least I have made one of the person writing. I, I have a lot of control. There is, it's a dictatorship of myself, mm-hmm. but now you got friends, you got brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, it's, it's a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more of a partnership.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so how do you guys go about like determining like what gets edited, how it gets edited, what gets included? Mm.
1: Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. well, the, the, the win of that project was that the core three of us were, were really well together. Um, I love to write and I love to write like flavor and, and I like mechanics and I'll write the best. Devin, our friend is the same way. He likes he, liked, he liked having ideas and Micah, my brother-in-law was, is great at the numbers and mechanics like so basically Devin and I and Micah would write things and then we would all just dump it on Micah and be like make sure it makes makes sense it's not that it's balanced whatnot he would he would at times you know be here's here's where this would break and okay well we'll fix it and um uh you know there were times where I'd say like hey for the layout for it to be consistent with all the other things the other villains the other subclasses we have to have a section here we have to we have to add something or take away something and so really it just came down to micah did the balancing and mechanics. i had the book and consistency in mind and it worked um so you all found your roles and it
0: wasn't they weren't i don't want to say competing but they weren't necessarily even competing roles they were all kind of they all worked together in a way that everybody could say hey this is a concern yeah. and everybody say, yeah, I understand that you are the we'll quote expert in this area and I will, you know, and there was a, a general agreement then.
1: Yeah. And when we came to the guest writers and the villains that we wanted them to write, we just kind of, we had a loose template that we gave to them, but we said like, we want it to be your tone, your feel, like we're going to put your name on it. Like, so it doesn't have to be 100% consistent with the other thing. Uh, so we had like, Oh, we'd love for you to write a section on motivations, flaws, weaknesses, layers, um, if they have any cool magic stuff. Um, And so they, everybody did something like that. And I think like maybe one person didn't end up doing any magic stuff. I'm like, well, I'll go ahead and write some things for this villain just so it's consistent. But other than that, it was like, yeah, everybody. But probably the people
0: you picked were probably, I don't want to say that they would be consistent exactly in the way they picked, but they're also totally the same people like you didn't get a like a guy likes writing wackadoodle stuff and another guy that writes likes writing dark and, mm. and gritty i
1: think you're right i think that's accurate if we did that though it was by accident right <laughs> because we it was not a matter of oh we have so many people that we would recruit for this it was like oh you know if we could get eight people wouldn't that be awesome and right wow we found eight people Hooray! <laughs> so, so.
0: That's actually amazing. Uh, you know, the, and that's what's hard. Cause I mean, you know, when you go out to look for people, it's like, you know, pay. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's like you got a project. Um, you, you know, some people are willing to wait till the Kickstarter ends. I mean, we're enthusiasts and you're all together. But then you reach out to people, it's like, it's a lot of times a different story where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, money, uh, cost, uh, rates, Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a tricky thing. How, how easy was that for you to navigate the first time?
1: It wasn't too bad. And I think part of it was that we were most of the people that we reached out to, we personally knew, um, at some level, um, and like so one of the guys, an example, uh, I had interviewed on a podcast. I loved his writing. He had some stuff on the DM scale, the David David Barentine. And um, I just loved what he was doing. And uh, we kind of kept up uh, back and forth. And I knew that he was working on a bigger project, and he was interested in kickstarting it. So I think we were already kind of chatting about maybe collaborating on that one later. And. Um, And I'm like, Hey, you know, I would love for you to write in this and just, you can dip your toes in Kickstarter and just get a a back, like a backseat view of the process. And, uh, and I'll let you promote your stuff. Like, like, you know, your upcoming project. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. So like, I think it was just a matter of like, for the most part, I was either targeting people who had never written before. Like we had another podcast crew that wrote for us, um, never you know, people who had never written before, and so they were just excited to write something, or it was people who had something that they wanted to promote, and so the idea of, like, oh, I'll write 3,000 words for these guys, and I'll get an ad in their book for my thing, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Um And uh so, it, it, I think the only, there was only a couple people that we didn't know at all, Justice being one of them, that, like, I just, again, really liked his writing and reached out to him. Um And uh I I think there was a little bit more of like, Oh, this is what they're paying, but I think industry was also different back then. Um, even, even two years ago, as far as that was concerned. And, um, I think also just us being honest and being like, Hey, you don't, we're not a professional for right. guys, just trying to do a thing. And we'd love for you to be a part of it. And we'll, we'll, you know. we didn't make any money out of that book.
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's a difference too. If you ask somebody to write, let's say 800 words versus asking somebody to write, you know, 10,000 words. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, so, and somebody could say, you know what, you know, a few hundred words, sure, you know, why not? Or a couple thousand words. But yeah, yeah it, when you started getting beyond that, you you, so you had a lot of people that you're expecting a little of rather than a smaller number of people you're expecting more of. Yep. 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 So as far as who, so one thing that i started early is i ended up getting a copy editor so how do you go through we have different people giving all these different manuscripts was there an english person that was like that would go through and how was your process for making sure right
1: yeah so i that's what my degree is in is english okay um (laughs) but that's never like the best case scenario is that you never edit your own stuff.
0: Right? Oh, right, um, exactly.
1: Um, so, but fortunately for me, my wife is an English professor. Um, so, uh, uh, for that first project, it was I'll I'll go through and edit it and and get it where I like it, and then I dropped it over to her, and she did her thing on it, and then uh, uh, I I do remember though this is so bad, like I I cringe. At but like I was editing in the document in Illustrator too, which is the worst situation because yeah. you will never have all those fixes in any sort of usable format ever. Right. Like it's just like that's where it is. Got it. Like if you want if you want all those fixes, you're gonna have to go hunt for them and re-add them to the Google Doc, whatever. Oh right. Because Illustrator doesn't catch anything. But I would be editing, you know, I'd be moving text around and adding images into the document. But oh, I need to change that. Or oh, well, you know what? This sentence could be said a different way. I'd fix it and all that's that's the wrong way to do it. Um it, <laughs> it's not healthy. But yeah, so no, I, just me and my wife.
0: Editing. But I think I think but I think that's you know, what you're staying is saying is even true, even with without you know, the illustrator bit, it's just like you have, like, I've been writing stuff in Scrivener.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can mm-hmm. output it to anything, so I can output yep. it to something. Yep. They give it back to me, and then, you know, then it's like, well, if I go back to Scrivener, it's not quite the same. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very painful to have a, f- you really need to have your, your manuscript, you need to have a really good, you can block stuff out with, a, with your rough, but you, you really almost have to go back and replace the whole thing with a finished manuscript. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yes. you got to say, okay, this is blocked out. I'm just, I'm just locking any sort of text changes, but everything that's got to be fixed has got to go through word or through yeah. whatever Google docs. And at that point then, cause that's what I'm doing with Scrivener. It's like, I would love to give a file to a, an editor and then they, they view it in Scrivener, but they don't, they don't yeah. have Scrivener. So then they, right. you know, So then it's like, okay, I got to get to this thing, and then next it goes to this phase. Now this document is the the document I'm working with.
1: Well, and and Illustrator is so bad because um, unlike uh, InDesign and other actual book layout programs, it only puts things in one text column. So if I want the text from Oceanic Depth, I have to select each text column individually. Right. So that's going to be 220 text columns and grab them and then recopy them one by one into a Google doc.
0: Right. Cause it's um, seeing it as graphic elements, not as. Exactly. Book.
1: Not as a text. Yeah. Not right. as true text with a layout. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: It's yeah. fine for an eight page uh, pamphlet. But
1: <laughs> so oh, yeah. Like if you have to like, and, or if, you know, like you could definitely get away with it for like promotional things, and things like that, but um, it, it it is not designed to handle a book.
0: Yeah, because I've and I've I've been pretty fortunate as far as that goes. And you know, by the time I got involved, I mean uh, Affinity. So I do Adobe. I did Adobe for Photoshop um, and for Lightroom. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been that big a deal to to go to InDesign, um, but Affinity kind of came out the much cheaper product. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so things are much easier now than they were back in even in your day. Uh, when you started your day back a handful of years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because to me, the editing was important. So you it sounds like you guys really had, you, you had a group of like-minded people. You kind of had your own uh, course uh, skill sets. You had your own individual groups of, uh, of, of uh, expertise. So you really had a team really from the beginning, yeah. which, which worked out well.
1: Yeah, we printed the book locally. um The company that we had a printer in town, and I didn't—I had no idea where to order stuff online. Like, so I'm like, "All right, well, the, the printer down the street." I had a working relationship from the sign company, so I, I walked in. I'm like, "Can you do 112 pages?" And they're like, uh "Well, we've never done one before, but we could probably do one." Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. And they're like, "Well, we'll have to send off the cover." Cause I'm like, "Well, oh, I want to cover the claim native." Yeah, I had this idea. I'm like, yeah, we could could make that work they did it was awesome like they did a great job like but it is all made local yeah
0: and, but it cost um, you fifty dollars per book to get it printed <laughs> it
1: was it was uh, not as cheap as it is to get it online um it was I could probably tell you I think it was like eight dollars a piece is what I ended up paying for that one it's or not so bad we ordered uh four hundred in that first print run um
0: so was this uh, kickstarted?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this was kickstarter
0: yeah so you said start so so you already knew your numbers
1: well yeah we had we had sold like um i want to say like 120 140 copies through kickstarter
0: um wow. there. so you took a leap of faith really with getting another couple hundred printed out
1: yeah it was like well we you know the big big jump like we were weighing like uh our cost right and like and And there was price margins for or or, or price points for getting the books even cheaper. Well, if we go to 400, it costs $9. And if we're at 200, it costs $13. So it's only going to cost an extra $300 or whatever it was, whatever the math came out to, to get an extra 200 copies. Let's just do that. And Mm -hmm. we, so like, like when I say we made no money, it's we, we went in the hole because we, we spent, I think we made like $5,000 on that first project was our funding goal. And we just barely crusted over our funding goal, which is awesome. We were super excited about that. We didn't know that you were supposed to fund in the first 48 hours. We're like, we funded in a full 30 day campaign. <laughs> like literally it was uh, in the last like six hours, we hit our goal. We were so pumped. Um, uh, and we spent all of that money on, on getting the book printed and, and getting those copies and getting everything mailed out to the back.
0: But, you, but here's the other way I look at it is this was, this was college for you. This is making yeah. a product college. This is, yeah. this is, and you actually came out cheap. It came out cheap for you. You didn't have to spend thousands of dollars to going to Kickstarter school yeah. and to make a book school. You guys just, you did it. And at the end of the day, you, you, you came out even.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we, I talked with Doug last time I was on your podcast. Right. Yeah. Doug said, "I had a forty thousand dollar learning experience on my first kickstart." I'm like, "Oh my gosh! I would have. I my wife would have killed me. I'd have never done a kickstarter again." Like that's that's the bit of the situation.
0: Well, Doug, d- d- what you don't know about Doug is I he was a high. I think he worked for Western Digital and lived overseas, so he he could afford to do that.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in a different world than I was. He wasn't was like, like refinancing his house, yeah, uh, but it yeah. still was. I'm sure lost uh lost sleep over and and much indigestion. So
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well it, it was great. We will bring up game hole kind of get like we were so just, we were dumb. Um we we were gonna run games uh, my brother all three of us were gonna run games at game hole con adventures league and uh that was in late October at that point November right at the beginning of our Kickstarter we kind of planned it that way and we had printed out business card they're not really business cards little Business card size promotions for our picture. And we took those to Game Hole Con and we threw them everywhere and gave them out to people at the tables and whatnot. And we're like, oh, we're promoting.
0: Like, that <laughs> was the only,
1: that was literally the, like, basically the only promotion that we did for that was these little cards right. at Game Hole Con. And we were like, oh, surely that'll get us interest. Like, it probably did. Like, we probably got supporters from that. uh Game Hole Con is awesome for that thing. There's a lot of cool people there. Uh, Now, I look back, I'm like, that was a lot of time and money that could have been spent doing real promotion uh, elsewhere.
0: Right, because I had another side business, and, you know, you look at the cards, you know, it's like, there's a point where we realize cards do not make me money. Yeah. There's no no money to be made, like, you can out business cards all day long, but that does not mean one bit of sales. It's just like
1: yeah maybe you get them for contact right like oh, i want to make a connection with you here's my information like that that's probably it but like a promo card i i just don't know i don't know especially when i didn't i wasn't like selling you a product like you couldn't you didn't buy my book at my right and i slid in an ad for my next book right like that that maybe gets you something um it's at least a reminder that you'll look at once before you throw it away um two weeks from then um but uh yeah yeah it just Wow, you learn a lot. Um, we thought we thought we were really doing everything we possibly could, though. Um.
0: Well, it's hard. I'll tell you what. There's no. I mean, I'm, I guess there is. If you, there, there probably. Well, there is marketing and, and videos and such out there. But right, as far as being, you know, there's just a it, for people not going into this. It's hard to understand just how intense everything is as far as trying to navigate and deal with and create it is absolutely hard to i mean it's hard to deal with but it's definitely um it's not that simple i mean it's you're right you're saying you're you know you were talking about the cards being excited but yeah you should have been but you can't think of all angles all things i mean you're just doing one step at a time and being overwhelmed the whole time
1: yeah 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 exactly we we had we were trying, you know, like like I knew enough about Kickstarter. I like Kickstarter. I love. I had backed quite a few projects at that point. That like I knew what you were supposed to have, right? And so um, we did the cards because I'm like, oh, we're supposed to promote, and we don't have a ton of money, but I can spend forty dollars on some cards and do that. We we, we uh, had another friend that really wanted to help us out. He ended up writing an NPC for the book as well, but um, uh, he was a, he's a video guy, like in his spare time. Like, like videos for YouTube and whatnot and he's like I'll help you make a trailer um so we went over to his house one day and'm like he had a green screen and we Mike and I stood in front of a camera and pitched our product and he cut it together and made a little trailer for us and it like it was an enthusiastic effort but now I look back and I'm like yeah we I knew that I wanted a video like a little movie yeah. but with the Kickstarter but uh and it looked like compared to a lot of videos I think it looks all right but now I look back and I'm like, that was a lot of effort, and I wrangled yet another person to this. Yeah, for, for no real pay because really we we paid him <laughs> what we could. But I'm like, you know, we could have just done audio with a couple of images, and it would have been just as fine. And instead, we drained this guy's evening plus like three days of him trying to find the video and <laughs> get all our nonsense. Anyhow, yeah.
0: Well, and I think the thing is, I mean, we all have fine amount of energy. Yeah, and marketing takes a lot of energy by marketing means going on all the facebook groups and posting stuff going to reddit and posting stuff and going to twitter and posting stuff and trying to find people podcasts it's like even making a video i mean that's writing your kickstarter page it's all how much time and and it's like you kind of want when you're only you're not you're not Cook games you're not uh you know paizo it's just so you got a limited amount of time you really want to put your money or your time where it's most beneficial it's not always clear what's the best like make a video not make a video should i make a video? i don't know
1: (laughs) it's like well and and now kind of pull us into the present a little bit now um you know we kind of done some transitioning and things that uh i now uh, run a company called world of game design and High Tide gaming is just an arm of it um and part of world of game design's emphasis is that I help a ton of creators make their own stuff in addition to my stuff. And so like right now we've got legitimately, I believe the number is nine Kickstarters launching from January to March. So those uh,
0: nine are, so they are Kickstarters, people saying, going to you, Zach, saying, Zach, I need help with these. These aren't you saying and developing nine products this is these are people coming to you
1: no yeah exactly um i've got i've got one that i could say is mine in earnest right and that's uh i've got a more forward thing coming out um uh, but uh you know like um we've got some team members on world of game design that wanted to make stuff right so i'm helping them make their stuff and so their internal projects still quote unquote um but their passion project from other people for zine quest and things and then it's other people that are, you know, wanting to do stuff for ZingQuest or, or not ZingQuest, um, but in the spring. And they're just, I, I really want to do this, but, you know, maybe maybe they're like, uh, I want to write. I'm really good at writing, but I don't want to have to mess with layout and finding artists and actually kickstarting this thing. I just want to write the thing, and I'm happy to give you a portion of the profits to do the rest. And so there's a chunk of people there. There's a chunk of people that are like, I'll do all the writing, and I'll wrangle all the artists and I'll do the layout. I just want to hand you the finished book, and you help me print it. So
0: how do you figure it. the pricing for that? So that is something, you know, I, I'm not to that level. I, I would no, like to yeah. get out of right, what I'd like to do is I get out of the writing portion and a lot of these mm-hmm. other things. But I thought, you know, I just, it'd be nice for me just to just publish stuff. But hmm. it comes down to pricing, right? Yeah. Like, how do you price, you don't have to give your specifics, no, but yeah. like, that you're talking about, you are saying I'm a, A full uh, shop, full. I'm I'm sure the term is, but one stop shop. Yeah, I can be a one stop shop. Yeah. So, and you know, we're talking a lot of different things. So, how do you, how do you figure out pricing for those different services?
1: Yeah, it's going to be different for every project. But what I could say uh, most of the time is that most people come to me for. The kickstarter side of it right like they they can make a book or they can write a book and they can get they can pull a team together do the rest but they don't know kickstarter right or they don't know it well enough and so most of the time it's hey help me do a kickstarter again and maybe some fulfillment on the back and so for that sort of thing i'm looking at what's the size of the project what, am I, what do i think this will probably make um and how much time am i going to put into it to get that Result, right, um, and so the fast answer is usually for a "quote unquote" smaller project, and by smaller, I typically mean zine size, team yeah. to like small soft cover size. Um, I'm I'm typically asked for a chunk of money plus twenty percent. Right. So hey, I want I want four hundred dollars plus I want twenty percent of your income profit from the kickstarter after you pay the kickstarter fees and all that and you get the money hits your bank account i want 20 percent of that um and that's you know like that 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 initial chunk could vary in size significantly depending Fine. on how much time I, that's really me saying like all right well this project could not fund. i don't think it, i i typically try to avoid taking on projects that i think won't fund but um but uh, uh, if I think it'll fund, then I'm like, well, but this is a small project. I'm not going to take like I don't think this project is going to do eight grand. So taking four hundred dollars plus twenty percent is a big chunk. Maybe I'll knock that down to two hundred bucks, or you know, whatever. It, it that all depends. Um,
0: so it's really it was a certain amount of. So like, for instance, I work for a guy who is a black topper. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so don't you charge three dollars a yard, or that was a yard or foot. I can't remember back in the mm-hmm. day. And sometimes you charge a buck fifty. And I asked him, how do you figure out what to charge? And he said, well, it just depends on how hungry I am.
1: Yeah, um, there's definitely some, of, there's 100% some of that. That, that yeah. 20% number is, is a soft number, but it's pretty consistent.
0: But you could say, um, I love this project. I love this person. Yeah. Or it could oh, be another one yeah, you're saying, oh, you know, there's a lot of work, care. you know, but, but for the most part, what you're saying is you, you have a good feeling where how you think it's going to fund, wh- how much time it's going to take. And you can adjust accordingly, but there's always that thing. You say, you know what? I love this little mouse game that I just want to see the world. 100%.
1: <laughs> so that, and that's my feeling, right? And that's why I've, created, I've got partners because if it was just Zach sitting, doing all this, I would be like, I would fall in love with every project to the point where we make no money, right? Because I love talking with creators. And as soon as they start getting excited about their project, I'm like, oh, I, I will be excited with you. like. Let's, let's dive into this trench together. Um, And uh, it's because I have people that rely on me and, and also a family that counts on me making something that I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, like, as much as I love this, I have to make at least a little sense, even if it doesn't make perfect. It needs to make a little.
0: And I think also, you know, obviously the Kickstarter, I mean, what's important about the Kickstarter is to me is it's also a large form of marketing. In of itself, because you know, there's the marketing outside of Kickstarter, but the markers, you know, look at the numbers. I think probably at least, I don't know, I can't remember now. At least probably twenty percent, twenty five percent of my of my pledges came from the Kickstarter ecosystem. Yep, yep, yep. And so, how you write it, what you're, you know, even if you don't do a video, but if you do do a video, just it doesn't have to be, it, it doesn't have to be like high level production but it has to look good and it has to look professional the writing on your page needs to look professional i mean it, it's so there's a lot to be said for you know when you say charging you know for the kickstarter there's a lot of thought and energy besides just all the other things that go into it it's 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 not an easy th- it's not an easy uh portion of the business to be involved in
1: no it it's it easier you know i think my number and i could be wrong i don't Sit down and count it every day, but I think I've helped with about 20 different projects in the last two years. And it does get easier to say, like, okay, you want to do a zine? Okay, the math kind of works out this way. I need anything right. like I need, I, I probably need to do this, this, and this. I don't need to worry about that as much. And I can kind of put together a formula but, for but
0: going into it, especially being new, and this this would oh, be my yeah. this would be my third Kickstarter. I feel more comfortable. Yep, but I'm still not exactly it's still difficult to write it up and, and deal with.
1: Yeah. I do this like uh, (laughs) a consultation call is what it's called. uh, When somebody wants to potentially work with me, I'm like, yeah, we sit down and have a chat about, you know, what it takes to do a Kickstarter and what you want me to help you with. And that's a two hour call. And at the end of it, I've yet to have anyone say anything other than I did not realize like that there was this much that needed to be done. It's, it's absolutely overwhelming for the first, for the first time person. If you really think about every component of a successful Kickstarter, it's a lot.
0: One of the things also I will say is, this is going to sound kind of trite, but I think what helped me finish my my last two is just being able to work a spreadsheet. Yes. If you cannot do the analysis, get somebody to do the analysis.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. how many Kickstarters have died on that spreadsheet floor, right? Like, um, or died because they didn't hit that spreadsheet floor. um,
0: yeah. yeah. Cause, cause it's, you know, it, there are so many things that can be involved and the think thing. It's tricky, you know, is, is, you know, get your proof. I mean, if you think about all the things you want to do, are you going to do a proof copy? Yeah. You know, you got to add that into the cost. Yeah. And even if it's not for, so like for me, the, so for, uh, during the Madlands, I just, I didn't really worry about setting the funding level to where it needed to be to break even because I already sunk some costs into it. Yeah. It's like, those are gone. It's gone. Yeah. So there's no point in me not trying to get I you know, yeah. Yeah. Next one, it's going to be, I it's a $4,000. I think it's going to be about $4,500 just to break even, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but, you know, but the spreadsheet tells me even if it doesn't fund at that level, my loss isn't that great because the largest amount of my cost is the printing. Yeah. And the fewer that I sell, the less of that major cost is there. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's. And, and the other thing is like as much as you can like, so the flip side of of the, of the spreadsheet, right. Is that there's a learning experience every single product. <laughs> yes. um, Cause you think, Oh, I, I, Listen, I don't have this figured out. As much as I have this somewhat figured out, I don't. Right? Um, and uh, I'll give you an example, and I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be a little bit tactful here, but um, um, I just did a, my first game found uh, project that I consulted on this summer, and I did a uh, it was with uh, Modiphius for uh, their Skyrim board game, and uh, it ended up with a I think we netted about one point three million. Um, from that one Um, and i they wanted me uh i I really appreciate them and they really wanted me to be hands-on with the entire kickstarter process from the beginning our game found process i'd never done a game found before never done a board game before uh, but they knew that i had done plenty of crowd funders and anyhow um, boy there's so much that i learned like and like from the scale of it um, but also from Gamefound, but also from you know how they managed their community and their comment section and whatnot, and, and and how they thought about updates and um, stretch goals and um, add-ons. It, every project you have, you start thinking about all those things, and you come to a realization that no two projects are going to be exactly the same um, from those points of view, and. I, man, that was, that was an incredible, I was took about three months of my life um, to get that one out the door, but uh, invaluable. Every every Kickstarter is invaluable,
0: but fascinating. Oh, well, even like the ratios. So, you know, the more options you put changes the equation. Yeah. So, so like, just if you're even just doing PDF or, uh, and, or uh, in a book, hmm how you price each one of those and those margins. And then, and then what the ratio is for those selling mm-hmm. can make a drastic difference in the outcome. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
1: it's <like laughs> I'll and first, you, oh, Go ahead. I was going to say like, like think of like game found was crazy. Um, because you can look at Kickstarter and you can find similar projects to what you want to do. And you can be like, oh, and I can make it look like that and whatnot. And like, okay, well, I think I could probably hit the same numbers back. Um, you can kind of, you have all these points of comparison if you look. Yeah. With GameFound, you know, we went in there and we're like, no idea. No idea what we can do here, you know? So we're looking over at Kickstarter and we're like, well, we can point to some things over there, but we're not going to do Kickstarter numbers over here on game Pass. no not possible right like that that there was no but, but we
0: but what you do have is you do have two things going for you you do have uh one it's it's uh uh the what was the the product line the um board game skyrim yeah. so you had skyrim which yeah and then you also had modifus so those two yeah. names itself yeah. will draw people to game found
1: for sure and that's why they wanted us over on yeah, and I'll be I need to be careful here. So I'll 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 shut up about some of this. But like that's why we went to Game because they wanted us over there, right? Because we had a name to draw, right? Yeah. We wanted yeah. to draw our audience. That was awesome. Um and it was a great relationship. Um uh the flip side is, is that everyone going into the project knew that we weren't gonna do Kickstarter number. Um, and so then it became this question or this the sorting of like, okay, well, how much are we going? To, and how much of it is gonna be at the beginning and how much of it is gonna be in the middle, and how much of it is gonna be at the And then you have to think about like, okay, how do we build stretch goals based off of that? And what's the pacing of this campaign gonna be? And all those things. Right. Question marks because we were on a new platform, right? Fascinating. Like, will we hit, you know, we had a goal of I think it was uh I, I'm gonna be wrong here. So excuse me but i think our goal was off 400,000 uh, as our starting goal and um we're like will we hit that in the first 10 minutes in the first minute in the first day that's important right like for yeah. a project of that size knowing those and we didn't and so then you have to then you build in stretch goals and you're like well, what if it takes us 3 days to hit 400,000 all this has to change so oh man just there's there's so much you know, but
0: um, well, that's the same thing. But you know, go even going into a Kickstarter too. I mean, it's those are the same things we did early yes. going on, right? Because you're yeah. going to a new platform, but as a new creator, yeah, Kickstarter is exactly. a new platform.
1: Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and one of the things that I learned, let me, you hear something crazy? Uh, we're we're so so far off the rails at this point, but, um, <laughs> I think that. The Kickstarter backer is signing up for entertainment as much as they are for a book.
0: I believe that there's a certain amount. I believe, yeah, I believe there's that is a case to be made for that. Yeah, I agree. Because,
1: like, and we put, GameFound was a good learning example of this, but there's been others. Like, what they want when they hit that fudge button is they're signing up for a ride. To some extent not every time but there's right. a chunk of people that are signing up for right and what they want is we want exciting stretch goals we want cool updates we want big reveals we want art we want blah 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 blah, 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 blah. right we want an, we want that juice of an update or going to your page every day or every other day and seeing new exciting things and feel like i'm getting stuff for free getting exclusive content there. right they, they want that experience and when when you're doing smaller projects, and by smaller I mean maybe your project only has hundred backers or five hundred backers, yeah. um, you don't the the noise ratio isn't that high. Like you don't get a lot of feedback a lot of times on those, right, from your comment section. But when you got at one point, when you got you know uh, seven thousand backers. Well, I
0: think it's a different audience too. For like the zines, they're not necessarily expecting you to have
1: twenty-seven step goals. You're absolutely right. But part of that, right, is that we, I think though that there's a learning experience here, right? That's what I learned is that, like, okay, it's on a bigger scale, but the same thing is true. It's just that the zine people don't know it yet. The zine audience is still newer, but eventually, you know, and and this, and we're all the same people, right? So, like, yeah, I, when you sign up for a board game, maybe there is that energy and that expectation, and you're doing a 30 day campaign and you got to keep the energy up. But the truth is, that a Zine Quest or a Zine Backer would love to have an exciting campaign just as much, right? I
0: think that needs to be. Uh, I'm going to pin that one for our, our uh, conversation later this week. I think that's Great. a good one. Let's
1: just, yeah, yeah,
0: because I think that's a. I think that's a good one because I think the thing is stretch goals, and especially uh, stretch goals for small projects, what makes sense?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: it's easy to come yeah. with stretch goals when you're you're doing a half a million dollar or a million dollar Kickstarter you know
1: but, it can be yeah like but when you're, you're doing
0: but you're only doing like a $3000 kickstarter it's a little different
1: here's the thing though right every project has a budget and stretch goals will destroy a budget if you budget and then you do stretch goals right
0: Every well it depends time. on the sketch goal. Sketch goals. The stretch goals. If the stretch goals are sketch goals, then sketch goals will get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're sketchy. But I yep. think it is is but the thing is, is there's some things that add to the cost, and there's some things you can do that don't add to
1: the cost. Yeah. Yes. Um they're either gonna add to the cost or the time, right? Like those they, are your right. Two. Yeah. Um and you're absolutely right, right? Like being tactic. Practically minded about your stretch goals. But also, here's the thing, Jeff, and I, this is this might work up some people, right? But the, this is the truth of the matter. If you look at, I would say, practically any large scale kickstart, what you will find is that 60% or more of their stretch goals are intended to go in the book from the beginning. Right. Right. And what they do is they say, here's the book. Yeah. We have 50 monsters in this, in the back of this book, but we really, you know, it would still feel significant to have 35. So let's take 15 of those monsters out and let's make three stretch goals to do five monsters each out of those. And we'll put them early on in the stretch goal thing. We're going to hit them. We're not worried about it, but it gives the backer something excited makes them feel like they're making progress. It's entertainment, right? right? That's what they understand is that it's entertaining, right? And They don't know that it was, or and even if they did know, they don't care that it was, that they were originally designed, right, for the book. And so um, that's, you know, you don't want to just do that. And you got to have a product at the beginning that makes sense, right? You can't sell a book that's a skeleton and then say, whoa, we'll put all the rest of this body together.
0: Um, But it's kind of like, to me, it's like buying board games It seems like sometimes board games, when you see the expansions and when you buy the expansion, you're like, you know, this should have been the game to begin with.
1: Yeah. And you're like, oh, (laughs) it probably was.
0: You stripped it out and said, what can we do as add ons? We got this great system. What can we strip out and then sell it to these people after they bought the game?
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. You don't want that
0: kind of feeling. You want to say, okay, the stretch goals feel like they are something legit, not something that you just kind of.
1: Yeah. And that comes down to being really tactical, tactically minded with your with your goals and also knowing like you have to be confident that not only am I going to hit my funding goal, but I'm going to blow past it by X amount, right? Because the thing on Kickstarter has you need to fund in the first 48 hours or you're doing it wrong, quote unquote. Um, uh, and so if you know you're going to fund in 48 hours, then you know that you're perfectly fine to make those stretch goals. Poor content to some
0: extent. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the other thing too, which is kind of weird psychologically. Um, even if you, whatever you set that stretch goal at, whether it's low or, or wherever it's at, or you, yeah. and even though if you know you're going to hit it at any time, until you hit it, I always feel this feeling of stress.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's, yeah, you feel, <laughs> I remember I did a project with my buddy Tom uh, in the pandemic, his first, he did a zine. And um, he was laying on the floor like the first three days, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. holding his stomach and just moaning <laughs> and rolling on the floor. I'm like, it's fine, we're doing great. Like we're gonna fund so quick. He's Like, oh, that worth like even after we funded, he's like, oh, how, what number are we gonna hit? And I'm like, you are not long. <laughs> You're not <laughs> like you just need to close this. A web browser and walk away for a while this is how it's going to feel for you because this is this is how it started
0: well i just remember <clears throat> my first one um i was short of the goal that tim shorts sent out a, you know an email hey or uh, facebook hey help my friend out yeah I, I know the exact person that put me yeah over the goal and i mean i got i was getting emotional yeah even though I knew I was gonna make it, it was like the second day, but it just still was just like up until I got it, it just didn't feel real.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's one there is that that feeling of whew, I did it, right? And 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 I think now, right, like there's two numbers. That's that's where I end up now is that there's two numbers. There's the goal, and then there's the real goal. Yeah, right. Exactly and and so um you know to a family member an outsider or or a contributor they're like oh you did your goal i'm like no there's there's another feeling that's like down in the pit of my stomach that's like yeah yeah. but we need to hit we yeah we had a goal of a thousand dollars or five thousand we really need to do another two thousand or whatever for me to feel like this was the success that i wanted it to be
0: right exactly and i think it's just um Yes. And it's and it's hard. And I don't know. I think in in even I, not everybody should do a Kickstarter, but man, everybody should do a Kickstarter just to know what it's like.
1: Well, and like, you know, it's fascinating, right? Because once you've done this and you have those numbers and you feel those feelings, right? Um, then you watch projects, a great project that that I like a lot. Um, it was a five e book called Sarda Dark Fantasy uh, setting. And um, they launched, hit their funding goal. Uh, I think in two days or something like that big part of and book and um, they canceled in like day two, was like, What? Oh. That's awesome, right. And I'm like, and, but I knew because I had done some, I'm like, I bet they had a target number and it was, you know, they knew that like they need to hit X in the first 48 hours for them to have a chance of hitting target number Y. Right. And sure enough, three months later they came back and, they had a bigger marketing campaign and they hit, they, you know, they kept it going and they did a lot better in those first 48 and they kept it rolling. And yeah, like, but you know, as a, as a person who I'm suspecting that somebody who didn't know anything about Kickstarter didn't know the back end would be like, well, you would hit your goal. Why would, why would you cancel? But I
0: think in some ways it's to me, <clears throat> I don't want to say disingenuous, but it is a certain amount of, to me, you're kind of breaking faith. With people you, when you do that.
1: It's so tricky, right? Like that's the thing. That's that's where I was getting at. So that maybe that's the theme of this section of the podcast is like that's the trickiness, is that they want Kickstarter backers want an experience, they want entertainment. And you are responsible then for constructing the ride, right? Of that entertainment. And and varying degrees, smaller creators right. aren't worried about as much, but like um Responsible for creating the ride, and if you're like, oh, well, this was a fun, exciting beginning, but I know how this ride is supposed to go, and I know that because we didn't have the you felt like the beginning was exciting, but we had built this whole ride to start from somewhere else, and now we've got to scale it back, which is tricky, or we could just restart the ride. Um, and the reality, right, is that yeah, they lost some faith there. It feels disingenuous, but on the flip side, let me. I'll go back to Skyrim for just half a minute. We built that whole campaign to avoid the ride. Our vision for that, we you know, we sat down and we said, "Look, we know that people like this ride, but but we also know that there's a group of people that feel like some of the parts of this ride are disingenuous, right? Mm -hmm. French goals that are meant to be core box feel disingenuous, Um, you know, um, um, uh, a funding goal that isn't high enough." and you know that you're going to hit it feels disingenuous. So like we could have set a goal of $50,000 if goal doesn't matter, right? But we said, well, let's set it for 400000 because that means that we, that's actually was all of their development, it, it is tied to their development, right. a real number, right? <clears throat> um, and so we, we did all these things. We said, we're going to do stretch goals that aren't core content, that aren't key to the base game, that are 100% add-on. We're not going to do a ton of exclusives because we want, Everyone to get to enjoy all of this game. And we're going to, we want this in retail stores and we want it to, you know, everybody, even if you missed the Kickstarter, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't want you to feel like I have no money and now I've lost half the content because I wasn't on board during this 30 days or whatever, right? Like we had all these, like, we want to, we want to pull a true campaign. That was the goal, right? Um, we want to make a, you know, XYZ. We launched it and people did not like that there was not a ride. We still had stretch goals. We still had all these things, but they're like, where's the ride? Where's like, you guys didn't fund in the first three minutes. There's something wrong. You funded in 13 minutes. And we're like, "Right." we funded, we we had a goal that was 10 times what the average, you know, like people set the goal stupid low so they can say they fund in two minutes, right? Like,
0: well, and um, I think you're right. I mean, when you start (laughs) talking about the ride, because I think, you know, going back, it is very apparent of larger companies. They do curate it that way. Mm -hmm you know when you when you like like let's say we'll just pick on like bonnie cook or somebody they know they're gonna fund it a half a million that when you have stretch goals at every you know fifteen thousand or every ten you you're like and all it's doing is adding
1: yeah you
0: know small things we didn't
1: want we didn't want like oh you unlocked three tokens congratulations like you, you unlocked a card like it was like how dumb is that like I think it's dumb. At least, like that's where I was like, it doesn't feel real. Like I, that's me. Right, it doesn't feel significant. Yeah. It doesn't feel meaningful. And at the end of the day, I'm looking. I'm saying, but in order for me to use this card, I have to also have these three tokens that you unlock afterwards, and then I really need the miniature that's unlocked three stretch goals later. Like that. Like that doesn't feel real. It just is. It's just a. It's a convoluted thing, but. Uh, and I'm not saying there's a balance to be had, I'm sure. But what we learned in that campaign was that the balance leans more towards create the ride.
0: Right. <clears throat> Which I think is good. So why don't we go ahead. Uh Sure. So you have a project, a Morkborg project. Yeah. So what made you decide to dip your your toes in the Morkborg waters?
1: Okay. Um, What do you know about Morkborg, Jeff?
0: Okay. M- my experience is uh, I don't own Morkborg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but my experience is um my understanding is i think it's like in a hellish landscape uh the party there's going to be a tpk within a set amount of time that's randomly determined things are going to escalate it's a simple mm-hmm. system and it's a very much a very dark and gritty hellscape setting kind of like uh shadow the demon lord but with less optimism
1: yeah there you go You got it. <laughs> right on track. um yeah, okay, cool. Perfect. So I I avoided more for a while too. Um and I'll be honest here, part of the reason was because I hadn't quite dove. I still haven't fully dove into the OSR side. Right. Like and I like it. I think it's cool. I just like, oh, there's so much out there. And for a long time I was a 5e only guy as far as like creating and I ran a ton of 5 stuff. And um uh, so it just wasn't thing, And then I saw it on Amazon and it's like hardcover book. And at the point it was like 28 bucks. I'm like, oh, for 28 bucks. Right. Sure. I ordered it, got it in. I'm like, oh, it's not a full size book. That's why it's $28, right? It's A5 size. Um, and then I opened it and I'm like, well, wow, this book is gorgeous. Like it's a beautiful book, crazy layout. It has, you know, it has 110 different fonts in it. Um, it breaks all the rules. And one of the rules that it breaks is like the table of contents is in the back of the book, which I didn't even find for <laughs> months. <laughs> like I open the book. I'm like, oh, what does this book even have? And then I'm like, all right, well, how do you play this game? And it's like, you flip into the book, and you're like, Oh, okay. You start character creation on page 28 and then it just falls off. And then you have to keep reading. And then on page 40, it starts again and then it bounces back to page 32. And then like, like, and you have to just suss all of that out. Like it's not, it's not presented it's an experience
0: reading the book is an experience it's it's not just the
1: it's a confusing experience like uh but it's by
0: intent not like most of the rule books that are just confusing and you think why are they doing it at least with Morkborg, it was intentional
1: i hope so right like (laughs) i I read it and i was like i don't get this and i just set it down right i put it to the side we talked about on podcast briefly i'm like it's a beautiful book. I'll never run it because I don't understand it, and I don't know why they made the choice to make their book difficult to parse. And I put it on my shelf, um, and then I went to GameholeCon six months later, and the booth across from us had a more for product, uh, Masticator's Gate. Um, and I walked over to him during uh, one of the days, I'm all right. Explain it to me like I'm fucked. Like, why why more like what's cool about this thing, um, and and why should I like? It? And so I they talked me through their book, they and they kind of like morgborg is one hundred percent style zero sub, um, as far as the mechanics go. Mechanics are the mm. stupidest simplest game you've ever played, um, and everything is about <laughs> the feel. Um, so I'm like okay. Uh, I can, if it's super simple maybe i just need to like look at it from those eyes and not try to make it into something bigger and you know i could see their enthusiasm and i thought their book was awesome and so i went back home i'm like all right i'm gonna give this thing a real go and i read it through I'm like, yeah this is mind-numbingly simple now that i know what i'm doing and i found the table comics which is super <laughs> 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 um um and then i started looking at kickstarters and- out there like there's so many cool projects and i started picking up scenes and i'm like dude these are awesome like and i ended up with i think i have like 12 already because you you, you grab them and you want more um i'm like oh man it's just it, it's refreshing to have i think maybe it's just my first foray into the osr with any intentionality and i'm like i love how simple it is i love the grittiness of it i love the um the earnestness of what they're portraying. And um I wanted to be a part of it. I want to contribute something. And so I had I've had this idea you around know, in the back of my head uh for a long time, this idea of a prison barge dungeon crawl. Where uh, you know, we have these these what they're called hulks in our history where they would take old galleons and uh, ship of the line and they would convert them and they like build stuff on top of them, housing and things and set them in ports and whatnot that would be a prison i'm like why would it be cool to do a prison dungeon crawl through like a ship that's been completely retrofitted to be a prison yeah Um, almost like an arkham asylum feel where like the prisoners have taken control of the ship and i'm like that feels more corky. i can do a more corgi thing with that i think that so that's what i did It's, it's all um I wrote it and it's, I'm like, I don't want any of it to be linear. I want like, like, because a prison barge is not built by design It's built by necessity and by what you have on hand. And so it's a. Right.
0: Everything. Cause what you have is you have constraints of resources. Yeah. All you have is what's on the ship.
1: Yeah. You, you got to build everything
0: within this confines. It's not like you can go out and build stone walls or
1: whatever. Exactly. It's like. Exactly. And it's like, it's like you have to build within the ship and then also like what is what's at what's in the port next to it like you know build lumber you know get the lumber yeah. to build whatever and um you know so every level of my ship is uh has different tables for what it can be like and once you leave uh, you know a, a, a section of the ship a level of the ship then you can shuffle things around and so it's very random in certain ways um uh, but I ended up calling it Seven Aboard the Shackle because I had the idea of what if I made like the seven, there's seven escapees. Uh, I love Batman and I love the idea of having like a a, a rogues gallery. And like, but there's these seven escapees that are like the worst of the worst. And they're the ones controlling the ship now. And I kind of designed each one after the seven deadly sins. And so um, like their presence and their, their power has kind of seeped into the ship and it's kind of changed some things and they have minions that they created out of like the mutilated crew members and the spirits and things. And like, um, uh, so it's almost this experience of a ship that's filled with vice and profanity. Um, and the idea of it is that this heavy concentration of the profane is maybe in its own way, shaping the world. that's like created this, this black hole sort of in a, in a world that's full of a black holes. Right. Exactly. Created another black hole.
0: Well, they um, look at that and say, well, that's, that's going a little too far.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's, I, I, so far, I really adore it. And um, I think it's fun that you have seven key villains. And I'm, I, it hits all the right buttons for me um, and it's exactly the sort of thing that i I like to create so i'm I'm excited to get to uh to get to bring that one it'll it'll be launching uh, in either late January if I can't contain my excitement or for Zane Quest if if I can hold out a little longer.
0: So are you doing the layout for it all? Do you hire out the layout?
1: Uh, well, I do have a bigger team this time around that could help. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger on who's gonna do the full layout yet. I am considering maybe doing it myself because more Borg is more of a, um, uh, a graphic design page per page, as opposed to here's a column, here's another column, here's some art for it. Um, and so, um, maybe something that I'll tackle, but, uh, I've got a ton of great artists that have, they're doing a ton of cool, cool art for it. Um, all sorts of, uh, despicable people and, and, um, Undead, it'd be awesome. So, how long have you been taking you
0: to get to this point? Has it been an year project, or how many?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I can't do year projects anymore, or I get way behind. um So, I wrote it over November.
0: Um, so it was like your it, own. Uh, was it Rhino Namo? Rhino
1: That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I had it like in the queue, so I had already got like a whole bunch of like reference art. So that's my first step of my process. Is I go online to Pinterest. And I want to find everything that that inspires me for this, and I had a whole bunch of that. I have that ready to go, and then for Nina Rima, I'm like, I'm write this thing, and uh, so that's what I did. And then we've been play testing it some in in December, and commissioning art in December, and building the Kickstarter in December, and then in January we'll finish up the art. We'll do some more play testing. We'll get it to editing, and so the book will be ready to go to layout. During Kickstarter. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So it'll be about <laughs> 40 pages, I think, uh, all said and done.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, now you're kind of going into Phil Reed uh, areas now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, I saw him post that he said he's going to do 12 projects, 2020. Yes. Project a month. I'm like, God bless him. Like, that's just a man on a mission. And that's him and him alone. Like, I, I can't imagine like that.
0: Well, what I realized was so I just um so I just dropped uh, an episode. I just interviewed him uh, last oh, awesome. week. So I just dropped an episode today. I mean just like 2 hours ago. Okay. And uh so he he does I knew he worked for Steve Jackson Games. I didn't realize he did layout. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So he's been laying out for decades. Yeah. yeah. So that to him's the easy part. So it's just uh but man, he does it so well. Yeah.
1: yeah well and he's doing like um he's doing it the way that allows you to do a project a month which is not i own several of his books and i love them um but like uh, if you look through it like he's really good at a layout um but also finding you know uh a lot of stock art that people haven't found or oh, using yeah. it in ways that people haven't thought to use it and so he doesn't have to wait on a ton of other people. No, to, to get him his content, he can he can produce it because he can make he can make uh, you know stuff that anybody has access to look better than anybody else can make it look.
0: Better. And he can do it uh, in a weekend. He can lay the whole thing out in a weekend, not even break a sweat and not lose any sleep. Not like you are me putting all nighters. He can just say, you know what? Yeah, Here it is.
1: Yeah, yeah that's that. That makes me sick to my (laughs) stomach. That's what it makes
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think we're hitting the the time space continuum. The wall's coming. Uh, Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that Kickstarter. Um, We are going to be, we are going to be recording you and I, and, uh, and also with uh, Jim and also um, Doug. We're going to do another recording about the Kickstarter round table. So we'll be doing that here uh, this week. We'll probably drop in a couple of weeks. So, um, anything else you want to talk about or.
1: Well, let me just, let me, uh, close off here by, uh, maybe plugging a couple of these other projects that I'm with, if that's all right, just a quick little rundown of a few of them. Um, so, uh, company that I, uh, am running now is called world of game design. Uh, so you can find us on, uh, Facebook and uh, getting Instagram set up and YouTube and, the new company so we're getting a lot of that stuff uh launched for the new year but instagram youtube which will all be there um uh but i'd love to point you in the direction of some of our uh, my other creators um there's a project called home of terror that's going to launch this spring uh that's by my friends uh zach and patrick it's a big huge book of horror resources for 5e huge book It'll be like 350 pages. awesome um uh one of my partners, Jared, is doing a book called Picks and Intrigue, which is a really special book to him. Um, it's kind of a, a fae-ish feeling book um, uh, that has some personal uh, connections, and it's filled with gorgeous watercolor art. It's great. Um, you can find that. Picks and Intrigue is uh, uh, going, uh, the preview page is going live pretty soon. Home is already live. Um, we're doing a project with Tim Kask uh, oh, nice. Yeah, called uh, Curse the Weaver Queen, which is the box set of one of his older adventures that we've expanded and kind of um, revamped. Um, and that's coming out pretty soon. Um, you can find that already on Kickstarter as a preview Curse the Weaver Queen. Um, there's more coming, but if you just follow our World of Game Design Facebook page, you'll, we'll be posting. Yeah,
0: just send me the information. I'll put it in the show notes so yeah. I'll make it easy for people to, to access.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I, I just you know, I, I I feel like I spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Kickstarter process, which is great, but also my stuff. And and I'm e- almost equally excited about all these other things. And I, I would love for you, your listening audience to go check out uh, those people and really just just go live on Kickstarter. That's what I would. <laughs> Have your morning coffee every day, and open the Kickstarter page. Enjoy your
0: rides, start. and enjoy your rides. Exactly. You may not be on minutes. the ride,
1: but you can view. You can view the rides that are going on. That's right. We can have this ritual, Jeff. You, me, and every Kickstarter person. We can just get on the program. I'll. We'll all get on a Zoom call. Get our yeah. coffee, Go to Kickstarter, sort by newest in tabletop, and just start spending money. Exactly.
0: Sounds good. I, I think our wives won't appreciate it, but uh, I think it sounds like a great idea.
1: It's a business call.
0: It is, yeah, exactly. It's a write-off. Anyway, just research. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anyway, thanks for joining me again, Zach. And you uh, you take care. All right, thanks, Jeff.